How can we make the world better? By making ourselves better. The Dr. Joe Show explores how you can make positive personal change by using his groundbreaking and highly effective I Am approach to understand who we are and why we do what we do. Your small changes can have big effects. Join us now for the Dr. Joe Show with Mark Stiles of Stiles Law and your host, Dr. Joe Schrand. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Dr. Joe Show. Whoop, whoop, whoop. God, yes. Last show, 2018. Ben I love the, um, yes. I love the, the, the clapping, Thank the in-studio audience clapping. That's it tremendous. Terrific. So we got a lot of stuff that we're going to talk about today. We are going to continue talking about the I am. I am. The, are you? Yes, uh, you are too. The I am approach. <laughs> it was good. He was. He's. He's quick. He is. You're really. You know. That was witty. It was so witty. But I do really want to drill down on this. Okay. Because I had an experience this week. Let's hear this experience. I, actually, just full disclosure, Mark sent me a voice message, and it is delightful. But Mark, please, you're on. Uh, that was a little. Was it too much? Well, it's it, it, too much it, information for, for uh, anyone other than you and I. They had no idea. It had no but, but, well, causal connection. I know, but I have to ex explain that I've never used the voice messaging thing before. And Mark has been teaching me a lot of the technology <laughs> stuff, and it is just so much fun now. But I still say, <laughs> right? which is great. I say, "How are you?" Question mark. Yeah. I mean, I still do the. It's funny. I'm sorry, but it's more efficient. <laughs> and you don't have to then edit it, but it is funny when you put your grammar into it. So anyway, okay. getting back on track here. Uh, so I was at my office this week. And Styles a woman, Law. Yes, Styles Law. And a woman was coming in um, for business at Styles Law. And she said, are you Mark Styles of the Dr. Joe show? <laughs> and I said, yes, I am. <laughs> that is I. <laughs> and we started talking. And I said, you know, do you, do you watch it on Facebook? And she said, no, I religiously listen to it on Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. So absolutely have to thank those folks. Absolutely. Um, because there's a lot of appointment listeners listening to the I am approach. But why I want to drill back down on the I am approach is because that uh, same person, we were talking about it, and she's very engaged with it, inspired by it. Mm. But we need to keep it really simple. So I want to just kind of go over it again and again and again so that people really, truly understand the message that we're, we're trying to convey here. And we will. But let me ask, how did that small change have a big effect on you? Oh, I mean, it was, it made my day. Uh -huh. It made my day because she was, she was really into the show. It was affecting her at a core level. Mm. And, you know, sometimes we sit here and think we're just talking to the trees, you know. So yeah. the impact of of somebody actually listening and engaged by it was impactful for me. So I immediately got on the voice uh, audio text and, no. and made your day. So the oxytocin was flowing round and round and round. Absolutely. Which is, so let's just put it in context of the I am, right? So remember, the I am is this is who I am. I am my current maximum potential. I'm doing the best I can at this moment in time with the potential to change in the very next second. The I am approach is really trying to help people 
not be so critical of themselves, put themselves down so much, put other people down, but try to understand. It's influenced by four domains. Your home domain, no one's going to argue your home has had an influence on who you are. The social domain, which is the rest of the world. It's us being here at ATD. It may be you listening in your car on the way home. On Facebook. On Facebook. The biological domain of our brain and body. Am I hungry? Am I tired? Am I digesting my lunch? And then the I see domain. How do I see myself and how do I think other people see me? This is a very important component of the four domains because we are so interested in what other people think or feel. We call that empathy. But what we really want to know is what are you thinking about me? Right. So let's take Mark's example and put it in the context of I am. So here's here you are yep. in your social domain of work. Yeah. Oftentimes, my home domain. Oftentimes, your home <laughs> domain. How true. Um, in walks somebody into your social yep. domain. Who I had not previously met officially. Right. I may have met, but right. not officially. Right, so a stranger. Well. Not officially a stranger, right. but, but more a stranger than somebody who's a really good friend. Right. I say. And the reason I, I point that out is because, you know, every... Every friend was once a stranger. Correct. Every friend was once a stranger. So this person walks into mm -hmm. your social domain and recognizes your name. Right. So through the IC domain, she's letting you know that she recognizes you. And in your biological domain, something happens. Right. In this case, it's probably oxytocin where you start to feel good, especially as she continues to talk with you. Of course. I was like, well, let's talk about this. Right. <laughs> right. As you I'm going to stop in my tracks yes. doing what I was just doing yes. and focusing on what I was focusing, and now I am fully engaged. That's right. That's right. And then she becomes more engaged. Right. So look what happens. This is the I am at work. And then there were people witnessing this. Right. So more people. So remember... Small changes can have big effects, and you control no one, you influence everyone. You control no one, you influence everyone, and you get to choose the kind of influence you want to be. And so that person had this influence on you mm -hmm. that then had a ripple effect through all the domains. That's right. And then what else happened? Then... I passed it on. Yes. And my oxytocin began flowing. Yeah. And we both started thinking, wow, maybe this simple message, and we are shouting it in the woods, yeah. maybe people are starting to hear. Right. And at least this one person is, and it had an effect. And, and that's the coolest thing. If we, can, if we can help one person, we've done something good. I agree. Right? So we're going to talk more about the I am and how you can use it every day. I don't know if anybody was listening to the Veterans Voice just now. Mm -hmm. You know, powerful show talking about suicide, veterans, and, and others. And this is one of the hardest things to really grasp about the I am and really, really accept. But even feeling suicidal is an I am. Of course. But what you can do is you can use the I am as a roadmap to try to understand why you're feeling that way. Because remember, it's much more interesting to wonder than to worry. Mm. And then you can make a small change. Is it something happening at home? 
Is it something in the social domain? Is it my biological domain? Or is it my I see? Do I see myself as a person with no value? I've been doing psychiatry for a while, and I'm telling you, I, I really think that pretty much everybody who comes to see me has felt that they have less value. And the I am is a way of saying, relax. You are valuable. Let's step back and try to understand why the best you can do right now is to feel that you're not. Not judging it. Right? So remember, the I am is saying, you don't have to like what you do or what somebody else does. You don't have to condone it and say it's okay. It's not a free ride. Just because it's your I am doesn't mean you're not going to be held responsible right. because everything has a natural consequence. And unfortunately, the I am doesn't even mean you're going to win. But instead of judging yourself and other people as less than and broken, let's look again at why we do what we do. And think about the words, look again. Again, look. Again, like to repeat something, look like a spectator. The I am says, let's respect why we do what we do. And when's the last time you got angry at someone treating you with respect? Can't do it. Can't do it, right? Because anger is an emotion designed to change things. We get angry when we want somebody to do something different, start doing something or stop doing something, but being respected feels great. So we don't want that to change. And it's respect that leads to value, which is what we all want. And it's value that leads to trust. And once you trust, you can really look at why you're feeling so depressed. You can look at why you feel so invaluable or less valued without fear that you're going to be judged. That's what trust is. It's one of the most remarkable human behaviors and emotions to trust someone. How cool is that? And it's the simplest thing. We have brains designed to do it. We have a biological domain designed to create a neurohormone a brain chemical that affects every other part of our body because it feels great when you feel trusted. Mm. Doesn't it? Yes. You feel valued. And you can be vulnerable, right? Yes, you can be vulnerable because you're not really, you're not really vulnerable anymore, right? right? I, I know that I can make a mistake and somebody's going to say, okay, so you're amazing. Right. You're trying. You know, that's what we want in our kids. It's called resilience. We want them to try and not be afraid to make a mistake. But yet their IC domain thinks otherwise if the communication is not clear Absolutely. and concise Absolutely. and simple. That's right. That's right. Because they start wondering, what do they think? Mm -hmm. What do they think about me? Mm -hmm. Am I doing the right thing? Did I say the right thing? Did I say the wrong thing? That's right. And how many folks out there have had that experience, maybe even today? And, you know, I, Mark, I, I so appreciate that you really um, believe in it. That you it believe makes sense. It, you, know, you know? And that you're applying it. I just had to vet it out for a year and a half, you know? Ah, that's <laughs> fine. I'm fine with that. That was where I am. Yes. <laughs> I had to dig in a little bit. You know? But it is. It, it's, it's the simplest idea to begin not just forgiving ourselves, but accepting who we are and then saying, okay, I'm willing to look at who I am and if I don't like something, I'm going to change it. Mm. Look, I, I'm in the middle of my own I am change, you know? 
I'm I'm trying to lose weight. Yeah, doing a great job, you know? by the way. And the viewers know that, the Facebook viewers, but uh, our listeners, he's doing a great job. And I really appreciate that. Based on I, one of our guests. You. Based on one of our guests, Susan Roberts and the eye diet. It was great, and it changed, you know, a little bit about the way I think. And I, you know, I was... In what way has it changed the way you think? Um, Your relationship with food? Yeah, I'll give it, I'll give you an example. So this morning... Okay. Um, uh, a friend had had come over uh, for Christmas and had um, made a whole bunch of French toast for us. And this morning I thought, well, you know, I'm kind of in a rush. I think I'll grab some French toast. And I and I started to eat a bite or two of it, delicious. But I thought, you know, I I don't want all this bread, so I ate an orange instead. Had the, more of the fiber. It's really affected that biological domain, and because of that, my IC domain is in a different place. So you you kind of reject things that you otherwise would not have rejected yeah i think it through a bit more and i'm and i'm also thinking you know i don't have that craving as much you know for that really so is this a gluten-free diet the no, eye diet no not at all not at all it's just you know it's i mean technically i guess it's a high fiber diet because okay. and and again the reason it appeals to me is because i really believe in that whole history that we have as human beings that goes way, way back to when we were really these these animals scurrying around and we didn't get much meat and mm. we certainly didn't get a whole bunch of carbs. And, you know, if we ate fiber stuff, we felt full because it's part of what we wanted. We wanted to feel satisfied yeah. so that we could go about our lives doing what we did a couple of million years ago, which was not texting, <laughs> you know. But really, that's uh, it's it's been great, and I, I just you know Susan Roberts, small change with a big effect. I really really appreciate what what she's done. So, so I mean, you've tried other diets, you've you've you understand other diets, being in the health field, what they how they affect people, and some are just fads, some are just short term. Mm -hmm. This is more of a lifestyle change, do you think? For me, it has been. Will it continue to be? Because yeah, I, I think that's it. part of of uh, an effective diet. Yeah. It's actually life-altering as opposed to temporary yeah. fasting. Yeah, I really, I plan on that. And that's part of the small change because sometimes those small changes need to be sustained. So you can make a small change, but yep. then you have to keep doing it. And then it has an even greater ripple effect. But you know how amazing and wonderful it is for people to say, God, we're watching you on, on Facebook or on the news, and you lost weight right you that's know, awesome it's nice and also it makes you feel good it it makes me feel good because not only am i sort of living the i am in that way mm -hmm. um but it's affecting all these other people and it's affecting my kids and they're happier and you know my wife well, is happier because you know you're gonna hopefully live longer yeah exactly <laughs> well it's nice to be recognized for your efforts too right because mm -hmm. it i'm sure it wasn't easy at least in the beginning, is it easy now? Is it something that is just routine now, or is it still challenging? No, it's it, it's it it's still a challenge, and and that's okay. And every now and then, I will, you know, eat something that I used to eat, and I know that I, I feel heavier, and I could just beat myself up over it. I really could, and if I beat myself up over it, what my brain has taught me is okay. Whenever you feel anxious or depressed or angry, go eat something that's fattening mm -hmm. and I'm just going to get myself in a slippery slope. So I'm not, I'm not doing that. 
Is that part of the I diet or is that part of the I am though? Is that more, is that you understanding the I am or is there a component of the I diet that is a mindset adjustment? I think it's both, but I, but I think the I diet has affected my I am just like everything affects my I am, you know, driving here, listening to veterans voice affected Mm -hmm. my I am, you know, hearing the story about this person who came into your office at Styles Law yep. has affected my am. And and I think that that's, that's part of what's kind of really cool about it is when you really get into this I am thing, I think you're just more aware of your existence in life. And you realize that you have, you have a remarkable opportunity at every moment to do something that can be incredibly productive and constructive, not just for yourself, but for everyone. That's what, for me, is so appealing about this, is it really is a way for us to connect in a very meaningful way with other people. Right. But from a biological domain, it also means that we have a brain that is designed to do that. I'm not inventing anything new. I'm just tapping into who we are and who we can be and who we can be for each other. And that's, why not? Right. Especially, you know, not to get political, but especially right now. In this, sorry. In this <laughs> day and age where, where we are surrounded by so much potential conflict and anger and worry. Well, I, I don't know that today is different than yesterday or four years ago or six years ago or 10 years ago when it comes to that. So to say today's politics, I think, is kind of leading people astray a little bit. And, and I'm willing There's to... There's crisis and tension, and it has been for years and years. I, and I agree with that. You're absolutely right. But but there is, I think, a more global awareness of it. These feelings and conflicts have been around for a long, long time. But for some reason, and maybe it's because there is this lightning rod, but I think it's wonderful for us to be able to say, okay, there were a whole bunch of people that were really angry about the way things were. Anger is an emotion designed to change things. So rather than judge people, which the I am is completely against that. It's not about judging. It's okay, I wanna understand. Let's have a conversation. You were angry about something, let me, try to understand why and the best way we can do that is to try to communicate we did that exercise last week remember about you know saying you know i'm having lasagna for dinner. oh yeah it's the same thing let's do it again you want to do it yeah all right so i want you to try this because what this demonstrates let's have thomas do it this time we can have thomas do it you ready okay so thomas i want you to just say these words i am having lasagna for dinner i am having lasagna for dinner now i want you to say it as a question I'm having lasagna for dinner? Right. Now as a demand. I'm having lasagna for dinner. And now as a seduction. I'm having lasagna for dinner. <laughs> well well done. Well done. I'm feeling like some lasagna now. Yeah, I tell you, you know. But it's it's it is. It's um it's powerful. And it, it, it again, I think I mentioned this last time we talked about this. It it, it reinforces the fact that texting and email communication can be misconstrued very easily Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of texting going on yes and it it all is based on the how the ic is in effect right that's right 
I assume Dr. Joe is mad at me and he doesn't want lasagna, which is why he texted it the way he did. Right. Versus Dr. Joe was really saying, I'm having lasagna and I'm pretty fired up about it. Right. And that's why I'm so glad. I thought he was sick of lasagna and I wasn't going to make it for him anyhow. And that's why I'm, I'm so excited. That <laughs> I've never had, made lasagna for Dr. Joe, by the no, way. No, no. But but I cannot wait. <laughs> um, but that's why I love that, that you turned me on to the audio thing. Yeah. Which is where, you it's know. It's great. So have you used it outside of our communication? Not yet. So we're using it as a uh, as kind of a strategy on what to talk about and how to take Dr. Joe show and these ideas to 2019 because 2019, I mean, it's, it's pivotal, right? It's right. I mean, new year's resolutions, what everybody's got plans. I mean, we were going to talk about the eye diet, but that's a continuation of your daily life now. Right. right? So that's, that's not a resolution, right? Nope. But we should definitely talk and maybe folks on Facebook want to type in, you know, what's your, what's your 2019 resolution? And it's just so interesting, isn't it? That we have, this this um deadline yeah you know it's the starting point that all the gyms will be jam-packed in january but by february they're empty again right what about that you know the resolutionists the resolutionists be a good rock and roll band would be really good small changes can have big effects this year i'm going to change yeah you know small changes small changes have big effects i i (laughs) I knew someone, actually maybe it was me, who would <laughs> always, I always wanted to make at least one resolution that I could keep. I mean, really keep. Yep. Um, and so one of my yearly resolutions is uh, I am not going to Botswana this year. <sighs> That's an easy one to keep. Though. <laughs> but there we are. You know, but what if you small success had a trip that you? Were, I would go. Yeah, I would break that resolution. Yeah, so that's heartbeat. that's Not funny. But one. I mean, in real life, have you ever said on December thirty first, I'm going to do this, and on December thirty first that following year, you were still doing it? Or is it always these BHAG, these big, hairy, audacious goals yeah. that nobody really can commit to and complete, or? And, and that's one of the problems with these yeah. this tradition of a New Year's resolution. You know, if it's if it's too big, you're going to get discouraged. Right. But How that, do you eat an elephant? But that's your I am. How do you eat an elephant? How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Oh. So some of these goals are too big, yeah. and it's just overwhelming and unsustainable. So maybe by January I'm going to do this. And then in January, reevaluate what you're going to do in February. I tell you, I'll give an example. Mm-hmm. Right? There may be people out there who want to quit smoking. Okay. And you may be smoking a pack of cigarettes a day or more. You might be smoking right now with your coffee you, listening to our show. You might be. And that's okay. So don't beat yourself up about it. So, what, what you can just so you know, from a biological domain, nicotine yeah. Yeah. is one of the most, if not the most addictive substance in yeah. part because it. It doesn't last very long in your body, and your brain gets very, very dependent on it very quickly. So, how quickly? Oh, real quick, real quick. Some people, you know, they can smoke cigarettes and be fine. Other people, they have a couple of puffs, and and they it just cascades. Really, starting to. So, one of the things you can do is, is if you got a pack of cigarettes, you're smoking a pack a day, just 
don't smoke one of them. Right. And take that one cigarette and put it somewhere where you can see it. Because you know that you can always smoke it if you want to because it's there. But knowing it's there mm. may decrease the anxiety about not having a cigarette. Just knowing it's there. So it's a very simple trick. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't cut out a cigarette a day. You won't be able to do that. But you could cut out a cigarette a week. Why can't you cut out a cigarette it's a day? because your brain is going to rebel and it's going to want... I mean, so have, that's too big of a change. I think so for for many people. So one pack is what twenty cigarettes. Yep. And changing your because it's a pattern usually, right? It's, a pattern. it's usually I'll have one with my coffee, that's I'll have right. one, and I'll take a break, hit that's this right. and that, and then right. and their day gets kind of built yep. around the cigarette. You cannot alter they, routine, my friend. Yeah. If you alter routine, you destroy the world. Mm. Benipotent with another benipotent, omnipotent comment it's good but he's, he's right a right. lot of this stuff is pattern and, and routine and that also but gets break the pattern right you break but but just one right and and don't throw it away because for the rest of the day everything i wish i'd had that cigarette you put it someplace and after 20 weeks you will see you have 20 extra cigarettes now there's but you haven't quit smoking um you're getting pretty close and you're cutting down, and your brain is is slowly acclimating to less and less and less nicotine within, you know, further and further apart. Here's so another. So after week twenty, what do you do? Well, then, if if you've been able to really cut one cigarette out a day for twenty weeks, a day. Hold on. Uh, a week. Sorry, one one cigarette. All a right. Week. So on week two, you smoke two less cigarettes exactly. per day. Exactly, that's okay. right. So in 20 weeks, you should have successfully quit. Right. Exactly. But yet you have a bedroom full of cigarettes. Yep. And you and then you can decide what you want to do with them. And then it may be incredibly satisfying to throw them away. Mm. At that point, you can throw them away. But again, from an I am, you are making a change in your biological domain that you know is going to have an effect through all the rest of the system. I mean, at the very least, you'll be saving money. But here's another really interesting exercise to do for yourself, and it's going to freak you out. Okay. Okay? Figure out how many years you've been smoking. Actually, Mark, you, you, can you get your calculator? I can. And just do this. So imagine, just for a moment, that you've been smoking a pack a day for 20 years. Hold on. Okay. i got to find my calculator. Okay, so right. a pack. A pack a day. So 20, right? Yep. By three times 20 times 365. What do you got? 146,000. <laughs> right. Isn't that sort of mind blowing? I do this, I do this with kids who smoke and weed, and, and it's not about the money, but I say, okay, so let's figure this out. So you can try this. They started smoking weed when they were 12. Ugh. Right, and they're now let's say seventeen, and I do this: multiply seventeen times three hundred sixty-five. Do that. So, first. I'm sorry. So seventeen. First, do seventeen is... times three hundred sixty-five. Yeah. So what do you get? Sixty-two hundred and five. Okay, so that's how many days you're alive when you turn seventeen. Now you tell me that you've been smoking six times a day for the last. How old is the person? 17. And okay. they started smoking when they were 12. Okay. Right? So so five years. Five years. So that's five times 365 times six. 
What do you get? Ten thousand nine hundred and fifty. Right. So that's so say, wait, they've smoked six times a day since they were twelve. Yeah, we we just on and up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. That's a lot. So I say okay. So that means you're born, you get stoned. Maybe have some breast milk, get your diaper changed, and then you get stoned. So you've been stoned pretty much every day since you've been alive. And then I say to them, do you think that might have had an effect on your brain? <laughs> right? Yeah. And they, it's just a different way for them to look at their I am. Okay? It's not, look what, look what you've done. Right. Look how much Shame money on you, you spent and all that. It's just like, just let's look at the numbers. Right. And it, it really blows people away when they realize that, you know, they've been stoned more days than they've been alive. Yeah. Like, well, that's sort of interesting. They've been yeah. stoned more days than they've been alive. Some kids, yeah. Crazy, huh? Hmm. Is it possible to be stoned more than well, yeah, you're I living? Mean, well, think about it. If if you've if you've smoked that many times and you've been alive this many days, you've been stoned more times than Oh, more you've days. been stoned more yeah, okay. Right. right. Not but, more days than you've been alive. No. That's more days than you've been alive. <laughs> that would make me feel <laughs> stoned. If that stuff. Were... <laughs> That's important stuff. Potent stuff. Oh, Dr. Joe. What do you think? So anyway, but again, it's the I am. I'm not judging people. And I, I get to say I'm a psychiatrist, not a judge. Right. Right? But you can say that too. You can say I'm a human being, not a judge. I don't need to be judged. We're really good at judging. Our brains what are designed. What is that? Let's talk about okay. that. Because our, that's an I am. That's an I am. But our, at, at your maximum potential. Right. Because that that's where the I am approach kind of, I, I had to really kind of embrace it, is at your maximum potential, you're really not doing very well. And that's your maximum potential. I mean, at that moment in time, yep. at that moment. you can always do better. You can well. You can be at a but different you're doing, I am. You're doing the best that you can while judging these people and looking down your nose at them, and and that's but, the best you can do. But you don't have to like it, and Correct. you can change it, right? And that's the thing. You can step back and say, "Wait a second, is this the kind of influence I want to be? Do I want to be that person who judges others? Because I want you to think unless about they're this. completely unaware of it." But but think about this for a minute. Okay. How do you feel when you're judged? When you're judged negatively? Because not good. Right. And, and I you, get mad and I want them to change. Exactly. That's right. You get angry and you want them to change. Anger is an emotion designed to change someone's behavior. Mm. But then you can step back and say, huh, well, gee, if the best that person can do is judge me, what's going on with their I am? What's happening in their home? So how do you approach that in a, a practical way? So you're looking at me, you're judging me. I'm getting mad, but I'm going to say, okay, I understand. I have an I am here. Right. That person has an I am. Right. I'm not going to get mad. Right. Because that's only going to probably get them to mirror and be mad as well. Exactly. Because they don't know necessarily they're judging me. Exactly. I'm mad. I'm reacting to that. They're going right. to, and it's just a cesspool at that point. Yep. So I step back and yep. I say, okay, I'm not going to get mad. Mm -hmm. I'm going to ask them a few questions. In other words, you are beginning to wonder, right? You're using that remarkably developed part of our brain, this new part, the prefrontal cortex. And for folks out there who are not driving, if you put your hand on your forehead like this, Right behind there is your prefrontal cortex. It's the modern thinking part of our brain. 
And I really believe that we are on an evolutionary cusp where we can shift from this ancient limbic emotional part of our brain to the thinking part. And that's part of what the I am is also asking you to do. The I am is tapping into this remarkable part of our brain that we can think things through. Okay, I mean, I don't have to like that I'm judging you, but now that I know I'm doing it, I'm going to step back and say, okay, I'm judging you because I want something different in you. Do I really think I'm going to be able to achieve that by getting you angry? No. Let's relook at that. Yes, that's right. Let's respect. Let's respect that. That's part of what Outsmarting Anger was all about. The, you know, that book that I wrote, Outsmarting Anger. It was all about that. It's how we use respect as a behavior designed to change emotions. And I really think that the I am is about that. The I am is about respect. It is asking us to use this remarkable human tool to respect why people do what they do based on the influence of either their home domain, their social domain, mm -hmm. the biological domain, or the IC domain. How do I see myself? How do I think other people see me? And when I can see other people that way and treat them with respect, I'm telling you, from my experience, it might take a little while, but that person begins to calm down. And now I've got, instead of... It takes a lot of discipline, though. Yeah, it does. But, but you know, it, it takes practice. Because when you want someone to change, you usually want them to change right now. And that gets to another part of our biological domain, which really has to do with instant gratification. Mm. And, you know, that, that actually, this is maybe an <laughs> aside, but it gets into the marshmallow test. So this is what scientists did is they took some children, you know, three, four years old, and they said to them, and they put right in front of them a marshmallow. And they said, you can eat this marshmallow now, but if you wait a few minutes, they gave them a time, two minutes, five minutes, you can get two marshmallows. And how old is the student or the... Let's say four years old. Yeah. Right? And they actually have wonderful, wonderful video, some of the original video of these kids who just were just desperate, you know, and, and they would do all sorts of things to distract themselves. Some of them would just eat it. Eat the one. Absolutely. Just take it now. Absolutely. I'm taking it now. I'm right. Done. And others would delay, and they had to really control their impulse to eat that marshmallow. So they would show them the one and leave it there. Leave it there. But if you wait, you get two. And they knew the time certain. Yep. They but they were four, so. And then they followed these kids. Well, I mean, like they follow these yeah. kids. But they did longitudinal studies, and those studies are still coming out, and they are remarkable how the kids who could delay gratification actually did better socially, academically, sense. in all sorts of areas in each one of the four domains than the kids who were just impulsive. Yeah. You know? And what it really is speaking to is... There's this limbic part of our brain, the impulsive part of our brain, but we have a prefrontal cortex that can think things through. So what is the test really looking at? It's looking at can a kid begin to anticipate the future and the consequence of their action? Because if I can wait, I can get more mm. and still get gratified and actually maybe 
even more gratified because right. I've got two marshmallows, but I had to wait. So how does that apply to the I am? They're both I ams. But as, as we said, might be the best you can do, but it doesn't mean you're going to win. So you can really begin using the I am to begin exercising your prefrontal cortex and begin exercising that part of your brain to think things through and have a strategy and plan how you want your future to be and then influence others. If you do something for somebody else, it's going to influence the way they view you. Mm. They increase your value. And you may do something for someone now and actually sacrifice something, but the hope is that later when you really need something, that person will come back and say, hey, you helped me mm -hmm. 10 years ago. Right. And I never forgot that. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, you you may forget someone's name. Yep. But you don't forget how they treated you, right? Usually the case, yeah. Usually the case. So about the person who's judging you yeah. in a negative way. Yeah. And you're biological domain is starting to bubble up. Yep. But yet you step back. Yes. And wonder. And wonder. Why right. are they doing this? And they may or may not realize they're doing this. They may or may not realize it. And let's... But more, let's, more likely they're trying to make you feel less. Some people are bullies. And that's their maximum potential. And that's where I am. That's right. That's the best they can do. So that's where I struggled with it. Yep. How come? Because that's their maximum potential. Their best is bad, mm. right? But yeah. that's their I am. That's that was the always the answer, and I never. That was the hardest one to vet through. Yeah, I'm through it. I've broken through, but I'm how, guessing some of our listeners are having the same struggles yeah. that I so had. How did you break through it? What changed for you? It was a small change. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it had a big effect. It had a big effect. I just I just thought it through longer and longer and said, okay, at this moment in time, when they're unaware, right, I would give them the benefit of the doubt that they're unaware that they're judging or they're being super uber negative. But at that moment in time, that's the best that they could do. Right. Knowing that if maybe somehow it was communicated to them in a way to help them understand what they're doing um, and how it's affecting other people around them, that maybe their maximum potential could go in a different direction yes. and could be better and, and less judgmental and yes. negative. Right. And remember, part of the reason you're responding is because you are feeling that you're being devalued. Right. And nobody wants that. We all want to feel valuable. And then you can step back and say, okay, so I'm feeling devalued. That's my I am. But you know what? I know that I'm valuable. Why is the best this person can do try to make me feel less valuable? But then you're not going to go at them and say, you jerk, you made me feel less but valuable. But that happens, right? Oh, so it becomes, it, a, it becomes a push and a pull. Right. And I'm a realist. Right. I'm not being negative. Right. right. But then you can say, okay, so tell me, you're, you want something different from me. Right. Okay, I can appreciate that because I'm at my I am, but I know I can change. What do you want to see different? I'm not judging you because you're judging me. That would be using mirror neurons 
and reflecting the same thing. Right. I'm going to change your brain by treating you with respect. We can do that. It's not manipulative. It's not trying to get something from someone. It's trying to really understand. Think about what is it like when someone listens? This is part of what we were talking about, you know, with, with people who feel so depressed and suicidal, they don't think anyone hears them right. or sees them. They feel they have no value. But yes, you have value. And the I am is saying that to every single person in the world. You are valuable. Who I am is valuable. And how cool is that? If I can remind you of your value, not only do I feel more valuable, because you're going to say, wow, I want to be around Dr. Joe. Right. But you're going to say, okay, I'm beginning to trust this guy. I'm willing to look at what I was I what was I doing? The the best I could do was this. Right. And now I can do something different. So we can do this, guys. We can do it. We can all do it. And I am so excited that that's part of what we're going to be doing in 2019. Yeah. We are determined to get this message out. And you can help us on Facebook, on my Sunday listeners, on our viewers right now. You can help get the I am approach out there. That's right. And our podcast that's coming up. And our podcast. So, look, we are out of time. Everyone have a really wonderful New Year, safe. We will be chatting with you next year. And uh, just remember the I am. You can do it. Small changes have big effects. You control no one. But you influence everyone. Thanks, guys. 2019, small changes. Don't go for the big ones. Just small change. We can do this. We can do it.